Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. It is Monday. I I love Mondays just to get the week started. It's going to be a great uh, day, and I hope your day's been going well. I hope your weekend was well. We had a great uh, dose of weather here over the weekends in the Twin Cities, and a little sunshine on the face never hurt, although I did put on some sunscreen, which I did not grow up with. I think uh, as a kid, there was no such thing. You just went out, and you had, like, uh, nothing, and you had severe burns, And you'd come home and just be in miserable pain. And then you'd go out the next day. And that'd be it. So kids today have got a big advantage when it comes to protection from the UV rays. We know a lot more today. How did I get started on that? Anyway, I'm going to bring Patrick on. He is uh, my regular guest on Mondays. We get things started. We talk about a little bit what happened over the weekend. And also want to start off in kind of a light way because it's always good to uh, maintain your sense of perspective and humor. Patrick is a comedian and magician. He uh, has also been involved in radio and television for many, many decades. And he is uh, in the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. West Des Moines. Just west of Des Moines. Exactly. I got a little sun, too. That, that's nice that you – because you, you are fair-skinned. Oh, am I ever. Yeah, I mean, honestly, without a little bit of sunshine, you're almost clear. <laughs> just almost transparent. Almost just yeah, transparent. Right. But I, I finished up my bay window project, so uh, I, I and the sun was beating down on me as I was battling the elements. You know, and it's funny how you elevate yourself to this, I'm a hero. I'm a hero. I tackled that paint. I tackled that paint, you know. The people, the people that built the pyramids, they don't know the trouble I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's um, back to... The weekend, did you end up going to church, or are you not open, or do you have to make a reservation, or you're just not back in the swing of things yet? Uh, you watch so they, they weren't. Uh, we did it. We did do uh, the online. Yeah. In fact, as I was putting the final coats of paint on, I had the windows open, so I was painting and going to church at the same time, nice. which I don't know if that is what God intended. Yeah, probably not. But probably not. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, I really look forward to going back. I, I think it's going to be great. You I think it's and a great. billion other Christians, I would say that would be that the reality is uh, everyone wants to be back. They want to be in fellowship. They want to uh, they want to be worshiping in community. I mean, the online stuff has been tremendously powerful. Just so we we can be clear on that, tons and tons of people who have never attended church have attended online. The numbers uh, yeah, have been quite be, impressive. Uh, that is, imp- you know, I, I think that when you're sitting home uh, under a lockdown, yeah, maybe you start to discover things, and uh, maybe church was one of the things, which is great. I look forward to meeting some of these new people. Oh, exactly. I, I like seeing the faces at church. I, I There's something about entering the sanctuary and seeing familiar faces and worshiping together in the same room that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so we've got Father's Day coming up this Sunday, and I bet your kids are going to fuss over you. At least I, hope they do. uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the the normal mo for uh, Mother's or Father's Day, excuse me. <laughs> well, actually, Mother's Day and Father's Day 
pretty much the same. Dad does everything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always, we'll just get out of your hair. You can do whatever you want today. By the way, the grass is looking a little bit long. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm, I've been trying to shore up my bona fides as a father who pitches in. So I actually helped, uh, I, I folded some laundry, I folded some laundry, you know, uh, yeah. not all of it, just the, um, I, I call it socks and squares. I will do socks and towels. That's it. You know, I, I can't figure the rest of this stuff out. How, where do the sleeves go? But thought, look at that. You guys need me. You need me for the project. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to meet a guy who once uh, properly folded a fitted, a fitted sheet. That'd be impressive yeah. to meet that guy. And I know that there's actually a technique to it. And I was, uh, I was also told by my wife that there is a, a, a correct and incorrect way to fold a towel, which I still find hard to believe. Hmm. Um. But when it comes to fitted sheets, I am the master of getting them on by myself. Yeah. The trick is to work diagonal corners. Of course. Just a little, little helpful hint for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's the math mind in you coming out. All right. Let's, uh, let's discuss, uh, for the lady's sake, uh, when, when, a, when a dad says something, what he means. This might be helpful. <laughs> it- <laughs> when, a, when a dad says, ah, honey, it's a guy thing, what, it really, what he really means is, there's no rational thought pattern connected with it, and you have no chance at all of making it logical. But not only you don't have a chance of making it logical, I don't quite understand <laughs> it myself. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, sometimes you just don't want to answer a question. Yes. And that, uh, I, I think you need a, a wide berth when, when, the, when the man in the relationship goes quiet. It means he's probably just a little confused. Right. <laughs> So as we look at Father's Day, if, if Dad says it would take too long to explain, what he really means is I have no idea how it works. Yes. And in fact, what I'm going to do is go down to the basement and I'm going to go onto YouTube, see if I can figure it out, pretend to be taking a nap. This <laughs> one of my favorite. Um, my wife is constantly saying, I can't believe the number, like I fixed the washing machine. She's like, I can't believe you know how to do that. I go, well, you know. When you had my childhood, you learn how to do stuff like that. Well, my childhood is actually hit YouTube, find out how to change the clutch on a washing machine, do it, follow the instructions, and say, yep, that was me. Yeah. Did that all by myself. Figured it out. Yeah. All right. I love this one. Uh, take a break, honey. You're working too hard. What he really means is I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had, my wife will sometimes be, you know, it, it hasn't happened during football, but it, let's say I'm watching a football game and, and she's decided that she's going to vacuum the living room. And I'm thinking, is it June already? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when the dirt gets tracked. It's a seasonal it, it, thing. It's a seasonal thing. You don't do it during the winter. You're just going to keep tracking mud. And, but the, the ability to actually lift my feet, elevate them in the air as I get vacuumed underneath and I'm thinking to myself, I'm actually getting a bit of a workout here. This is not a completely lazy day. <laughs> the inability to move. It's like, I cannot move. I will lift one foot at a time. You vacuum under me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. All right. So if dad were to say, uh, can I help with dinner? What does that mean? It means I'm hungry. Let's get the show on the road. <laughs> Let's get moving. Well, yeah. When is this going to be ready? I mean, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, I actually, you know, I have a clock, an internal clock. I'm sure you have it as well. And uh, it counts down between mealtimes. And if I don't, you know, hit, uh, hit, hit, hit it right on target, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that well. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if dad says, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to be late. What he really says is, uh, now I have a legitimate excuse to drive like a maniac. <laughs> yes. We're going to your thing. Right. We've got to get there on time. We're going to be late. Got to be on time. I'll be in the car, by the way, in the parking lot, uh, filling out the paperwork <laughs> <laughs> while the rest of the family goes inside when we get the Chuck E. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Oh, I love the uh, I'm not lost. I'm not lost. I know exactly where we are. What, what does that really mean? Yeah, the, no one will ever see us alive again. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it interesting now? In the age of GPS, we don't we don't have that fight anymore. Uh, instead, uh, and this one's actually happened. If we have gotten lost, and there's no worse way to get lost than to be GPS lost. When you're GPS lost, you're looking at your phone and you're saying, I trusted you. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> I can't believe this. And when my wife will say, I can't believe we're lost, I go, you talk to you talk to Siri here. It's not me. Honestly, it's not. I didn't do it. I do not like being GPS lost. Do you remember the days of maps? Yes. And I was I could read all of the I knew what a lot of the different things on the maps meant. It was it's an art form. Uh, I, I traveled cross country. I know you used to do this too, and All you the understand the what the routes mean. And you're saying, "Oh, I know. You know, um, this is uh, a bypass. Uh, I, you know, I understand the north and the south. Like the the you know, the, like 35 uh, is an is an interstate that runs north and south because it ends in a five, and the east and west ones end in a zero. The bypasses are three digits, and they go around a city. And you start to learn how to uh, read all those things. Now you just go just Tell me where the next turn is. That's all I can take in right now. Right. right. Yeah, so true. All right, here's another yeah. one. Um, hey, I've got my reasons for what I'm doing. And that really <laughs> means, and I sure hope I think of some pretty soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. it's. Uh, I find, like, this project that I recently did, you know, as I was halfway into it, and of course it had expanded to fill the better part of a week, or was that eight days? I'm not sure. And my wife says, why exactly did you start this? I said, it was bugging me. The window was bugging me. I started, I didn't know what I was getting into, and now I have to finish. And we've actually developed a tremendous way of communicating. She sometimes has to uh, relay it to her mother who will ask me to do things around the house and I'll start it. She goes, you don't have to finish this. She's like, no, 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 no. Don't stop him. Do not, <laughs> do not ask a guy to do something and then stop him and say, don't worry about it. You got to finish. No, you got to finish. Yeah. You got to finish. I started this thing. I have to finish it. Get out of my way. Yeah. So, so if, uh, if a guy says you look terrific, what it really means is please don't try on one more outfit. I'm starving. <laughs> back to food. <laughs> it's always back to food. It's always back to food. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to. I love when we try to pick a restaurant, and my wife plays this game. We used to call it the or game. You know, do you want chicken or fish? Chicken sounds good. She's like, okay. Or we could have beef. I go, oh, I'm sorry. Were you not happy with the choice of chicken? No, chicken's fine. 
Okay. Or we could have Mexican. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what happened to the beef or the chicken? No, those are fine. So what do you want? I said, well, I picked the chicken, so let's just go with the chicken. Okay. Three minutes will go by, she'll say. Or I go, no, 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 no. No more ors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat anything. Oh, no, 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 you pick. Yeah. Anyway, I go. Oh, it's funny. I'm going to go to break here, Patrick, but I'm going to leave with this one. I'm going fishing, which really means I'm going to stand by a stream with a stick in my hand all day while the fish swim by in complete safety. Because <laughs> there will not be a line in the water. <laughs> All right, Patrick Albanese is my guest. We'll take a short break and be right back. So the difference is, Patrick, uh, between uh, banjo when we play and banjo when Earl Scruggs plays, he <laughs> he has a paid audience. Yes, and we have to pay the audience. You know, yes. some days I'm sitting around and it's just me and my banjo. I mean, that's not how it starts out. It's usually me, my banjo, and a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> people who, who, who play banjo like privacy because when they start playing, they usually get it. Yes. You know, it's funny. The uh, can you play Foggy Mountain Breakdown? Yeah, yes. that was you were just playing Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Yes. And uh, and how, well, how would you rate your um, proficiency at it? Depends on uh, what you know how how much of it I play. I mean, I can play parts of it very well um, in the six seven range, but the whole song in its entirety probably about a four range. That's very optimistic. Yeah, yeah that's better. I mean, me, the though. further you go up the neck, the harder it, it gets for me. And the speed, it's 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 played uh, so swiftly. No, it's meant uh, to be played very, very slow and awkwardly. Yes. Well, when on a positive note, um, you know, I just had somebody knock on the door a little bit ago selling like a, a pest control service. I said, I, I play the banjo, don't really have any, <laughs> any problem at all. Nothing, not a spider, not an ant. Nothing. Although I did, I'd, when, the, when the person left, because are you paranoid like this? Somebody comes to your house and says, uh, hey, uh, we're the, you know, the lawn care service in town. And uh, we're just spraying for weeds and things like that. want to see if you want to get on board with the program. You know, your neighbors are all doing it. You're going to be the odd man out. And you, you politely say no. And then you watch them to see them leave to make sure they don't plant any weeds in your yard. <laughs> so you're, you know, they leave you with their business card. And you're thinking, yeah, well, yeah, gosh, yeah, I don't know what happened. As soon as you left, the weeds were popping up everywhere. So uh, the bug lady left. And I made sure that I didn't get any bugs planted in yeah. my yard. Now, I must say, I generally like Mondays, but I have, I have to say I like this Monday a little bit more than other Mondays because my gym opened this morning, and I was there at 7.15, and boy, am I a much happier camper today. Now, and uh, how busy? How busy? Uh, it was me and one other person. See, now, my gym's been open now for, I think, three weeks, and when I first went... I would say at best 15%, maybe 20% capacity. And uh, it picks up every day and the classes have resumed. And uh, now I don't like it as much. Because <laughs> yeah. I have to wait for stuff. But but the hygiene that people use now is so much better. It's a finally, that guy with all that stuff in his hair is wiping down his bench. Finally. You know that guy. I know that guy, yeah. You know, you approach that bench and you think, 
oh my, oh, this has to go to the fumigator. This, <laughs> <laughs> this can't be cleaned by hand. Yeah. This has to be done professionally. Yeah. I've heard so many great stories of, of people, particularly couples that say we have carved out time together every day walking miles and miles. And we have discovered um, the art of conversation once again in a way that we never in a hundred years would have done had we not had this, this time of lockdown. I agree. Uh, we as a family, you know, I'm very thankful for the electronic devices that, you know, help keep the kids occupied part of the day. But uh, we go out and we, we do projects together. And it's fun. It's just, it's actual time with the family. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's not that long ago. You know, it's, it's funny when, when the whole COVID thing started and they said, well, you know, uh, this summer there's probably not going to be a whole lot in the way of vacations and, uh, you're probably just going to be, you know, tooling around in your own house and maybe playing in the backyard with one or two friends. I go, yeah, that was my childhood. <laughs> 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 this is nothing unusual. That's kind of what I did. But what about you? He's just like, you're just like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, you that know, was fact, that was pretty much summer vacation, wasn't it? Yeah. Did your mother kick you out of the house on a nice day? It's a nice day. Uh, I still hear the voice. It's too nice to be inside. Get out. I did hear I'll that. Ring the dinner bell. I'll ring the dinner bell when yeah. it's time to come. I'm like, Mom, it's 8 a.m. <laughs> and the dumbest thing you could say was you're bored because <laughs> your mom would have a list of nine things for you to do, starting with cleaning the garage, which is, all right, all right, I'll go out and I'll play. I'll find some guys to play ball with. Up oh, too late. Clean the garage first, <laughs> then you can go play. Yeah. No, I actually, this is, you're going to find this hard to believe, uh, but it is the absolute truth. One summer, in just one summer, I, playing wiffle ball with my friends in the backyard, we play wiffle ball multiple games every day. In just one summer, I beat Hank Aaron's home run record. <laughs> <laughs> I hit almost 800. This is not a joke. I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm I, not believing. I'm not believing that this is a lie. This is the truth. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's wiffle ball. And I was the, I was older than my two best friends, one of them by one year, one by two years. And so I sprouted first and you put that wiffle ball bat in my hand and it was like hitting a beach ball. And you know, the backyards weren't that big. And it's like, just, well, I don't even know why they pitched to me. It's like, just go run around the bases. Just, no, don't even do that. Just stand on home plate, tap the plate. You scored a run. Yeah. I, Hank Aaron's home run record. We kept track and I hit almost 800 home runs in one summer. That's impressive. You know, I didn't know that about you and I'm, I'll never think of you the same. Well, I'm not in the record books. Uh, there's an asterisk next to my name that kept me out. Yeah. That's actually too bad. It is. Yeah. So in terms of family activities and kids' activities, how curtailed are kids' activities this summer in Des Moines? So still no swimming, although our health club is going to open it up for a couple hours a day for the kids. And I think it's kind of restricted on that. And we tried to buy just a, a new inflatable pool. We have an old one, um, but they are sold out everywhere on Amazon. You name it. You Everybody had the same idea. Mm-hmm. So. You have an inf- now we were able to repair our old inflatable pool and we have to kind of keep the air hose plugged into it to just keep the thing going. But uh, uh, we're thinking of charging admission to the backyard because we may should. be the only pool in town. <laughs> uh, yeah. My wife has already started. She says, I think we should take a vacation. I said, where? Yeah, what where, we, what, where do you go? 
where do you go and what can you do? It's like you can come here, but you can't leave the condo. Right. We can do that at home. Yeah, know, that makes so. no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the not a whole lot. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to keep the kids occupied. Um, so yeah. that, that, and, it's going to be tough. What's the level of mask wearing in Des Moines? Uh, I'd say 40%. You know, it depends on the place. 40% uh, wearing them? Yeah. Um, and it depends on the time of day you go. Uh, like if I go to the grocery store early in the morning, more people are wearing masks and it's an older crowd in there. Um, but uh, the young kids, not so much. You know, I have a stack of masks in my car uh, and I just kind of think, well, I, I have to be ready for whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and I actually you know, I bought a pack of 10 today, in fact, because I thought, well, you know, if I pick somebody up who doesn't have one, I want to be the, you know, the good neighbor that's got something. If somebody, you know, whatever makes people comfortable, I, I you know, I want people to be comfortable. But uh, yeah, I think those the protests that were happening for the last two weeks and we didn't talk about covid on the news at all. I think it really sort of changed people's perspective. They said, well, I don't understand how serious is the mask wearing and how, you know, I mean, I don't know what to take seriously anymore. And so it's kind of hard to get a consistent answer from our, our higher ups. We do get some mixed messages uh, regarding the coronavirus coming out of places like New York, um, LA, California. Yeah. Yeah. They had a huge rally in uh, New York yesterday. Tens of thousands of people gathered for uh, a protest rally of sorts. And then today the mayor welded shut the playgrounds so the kids couldn't go in and play. Hmm. He welded them shut. So you go, well, I guess the kids should call it a protest. We heard a protest. Now, now where's the merry-go-round? By the yeah. way, we have merry-go-round in Des Moines. Still functional. That's you impressive. Know oh, yeah. They're moved everywhere. They've yeah. been removed everywhere, huh? We have one. It's and we love it. I put the kids on it. It's a those are fun. The greatest ride in the world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of the old days on the Tilt a Whirl at carnivals, county fairs. You get off that and you'd say, "You better take me home right now." Yes, uh, I'm as sick as they are, as sick as I can be right now. I was working in Denver. My wife was there, and we went to the Six Flags there. And after two rides, we had to leave because she said, "You are actually green." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. <clears throat> we went, yeah, we went on a ride called the Spider, and I told her, I said, I can't go on that. I can't do any ride that goes in circles. Which, right. let's face it, at an amusement park, everything goes in circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting dizzy talking about it right now. Anything that goes in circles. Patrick, thanks for being on the show. Have a wonderful uh, Father's Day. It's been really nice to uh, talk about dads a little bit today. See you next week. Now, bye-bye. Patrick Albany has been my guest. We'll take a little break. When we come back, it's the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Be right back.
It is the Monday afternoon mix with Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell. Using my late night DJ voice. Very smooth. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that jazz. I could listen to that for a while. Seems like we haven't prepared a lot of material. Maybe we should. <laughs> this is it. This is the best it's going to get right here. <laughs> so it's all uphill from here? Absolutely. It's uphill from here. There you go. Anyway, I'm joined by David Miles and Rebecca Maxwell. You almost forgot your name. No, I didn't. Okay. There was a pause. <laughs> Maybe, it's a dramatic pause. It's a dramatic it pause. Yes. It's oh, a girl I look at I every at, day. Yes. <laughs> I learned that in acting school. Yes. That's nice. A dramatic and this pause. This is Rebecca. <laughs> yes. Good so, to see you, David. David, Good I'm curious you. about your son, DJ, and how he's doing. Last time we heard, he was uh, headed to the hospital. Yes. So give yeah. us an update, please. DJ, uh, thank you, everybody, so much um, for praying for our son. He ended up having this kind of interesting, like, um, abscess that happened, and it formed this hard wall. So he did have surgery last week, and they removed that and took out all the drainage and the like and... Excuse me. So that was really good. It was kind of interesting. Um, he was at Children's, and he got put in the PIC ICU. And so my wife stayed with him, and it's kind of funny because they weren't used to having, like, 17-year-old, you know, strapping, you know, football players on the PICU. So he got pictures drawn for him of nurses draw him pictures, and they were just so sweet to him and care for him. And Mama Bear was like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I like <clears throat> Well, I'm glad he's feeling better. Is yeah. he at home now? He is home, and he's been home since last week. And, and, and more exciting for him was that he got to go back to work. So he was quite excited to go back to Christian Chicken. Nice. And hang out with his boss, Brandon. And, Sweet. And serve, you know, the goodness of uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Hey, hey, Chick-fil-A. And I'm telling you, we're back in the place. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really, really good. They have really, really good ice cream. But my mm. wife would say that McDonald's has the best cones. Mm. <laughs> It you feels like you learn something new every day on this show. Feels like that's a theory we could test. I think like, so. We yeah. should test that scientifically. I think we should multiple <laughs> tests. So, Rebecca, I'm looking your way. Yes, you and, are. Yeah. And as we were having our staff meeting this morning, we were having a very interesting conversation, which I think is a reflection on many of us, where we have uh, maybe parts of our family re- relationship that has strain. And it's uh, pretty uh, common to have temporary or semi-permanent or even permanent disruption in family relationships. Mm -hmm. And that we always are praying for restoration, reconciliation, and it starts really in our own families, often. Yeah, but sometimes the people we're closest to are the ones where we sort of let it all hang out, and that's where feelings come in, history comes in, where Mm -hmm. you find it so hard to forgive. It's easy to forgive somebody that maybe did you wrong once, but if it's that same person in your family, those little annoyances can pile up, and you really have to get good at forgiving and letting go and keeping no record of wrongs, because otherwise you're like, you know what, dude, I saw you do that yesterday, and you did it. 20 years ago, and it's going to happen again in two weeks. So, no, I'm going to be bitter about it. That's not okay. <laughs> but it happens. Maybe I'm the only one. No, you're not. You know, you're not the only one there. And I think um, a number of people are feeling a lot of different tensions. Sometimes it's just family dynamics. And, you know, we've talked about this with Joseph, how Joseph's brothers hated him. They hated him so much they threw him in a ditch. And then they human trafficked him and threw mm-hmm. him into slavery. 
you know, that wasn't like really a great thing. Yeah, oh, it's pretty and, bad. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I mean, that that really didn't make the potluck really great coming back. And, you know, you got Cain and Abel, that whole thing. And even Jesus himself. I mean, like Jesus's brothers, you know, didn't understand him. And, you know, the people are like, wait a minute, you're Joseph's son, you know, and by the way, you're the byproduct of, uh, you know, your mom wasn't married to him. So you're really kind of you know trashy. And then his brothers are like, why don't you go show yourself if you really are who you say you are? And so there was there's a lot of tension and understanding in Scripture. So we're not like kind of just reading theory. We're getting to see this unpacked in very real ways. But the heartache can be so big, David and Rebecca, when there is that that disconnect in a, in a family situation, in a family structure, and your heart can be broken, and it can stay broken for a long, long time. Yeah. It very much can. And, uh, you know, one of the things is, I don't know if you guys have had this, like you'll meet a person sitting in a waiting room or on a flight. And as you were saying earlier, Rebecca, without all the history, people will unpack their lives because, you know, when they don't know you and they don't have all that, well, you did this on May 8th of 1987 at this time (laughs) when we tried this. Stranger on a train syndrome. Yeah, stranger on a train. And people find themselves having conversations. I know that I've gotten a number of phone calls for people where just the whole thing, even with George Floyd and a number of things, that's caused stress for people and their families. And they're trying to, like, dialogue about this. And for some, they're like, ah, no big deal. It's not a big issue. And, you know, this is, and, like, some people are like, no, this is my family. This is my life. And, you know, one of the guys that I mentored, he, his sister was driving in a car in, in Mississippi, and they were driving down the road, and her dad said something, and she made a comment just saying, Dad, I'm, that's kind of a concerning statement that you would make about another image bearer. And dude slammed on the brakes, whipped around, said, if you're ever going to say something negative to, about me, you can go home, pack up your stuff, and get out. So he turned around in this trip, drove back, told her to get out of the car and move out of the house. And then proceeded to call his son and said, if you ever say, you know, I'm cutting you off. And so I got this phone call from this dear guy that I love. And he's like, dude, our family is, and it's not the only one. So differences of opinions, difference of understanding, difference of reality, the difference of a lived experience um, can bring out a number of different things. And one of the big things, too, is um, perception. So... Sometimes in conversations with uh, counseling and even with family relationships, we'll talk about hurts and even perceived hurts because sometimes something will happen and a person will perceive something out of that that may or may not be true. And so sometimes having to work through that. And listen, to our dear audience, I really pray that if there are some issues that are going on that you would take time and in humility try to have conversation. It it breaks my heart sometimes to see how people don't talk things out and they go their whole lives without having a conversation only to find out when it's too late or with very little time left Mm -hmm. that, wow, if we really would have sat down and talked through this and humbled ourselves to have a conversation, we really weren't as far apart as we thought we were. Yeah, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus is talking about um, what it means to God's view on love and hate and the relationship between your brother, which of course is not just your family, but we can apply it to family. Maybe maybe it is your brother or it's someone that could be like a brother to you. And he says, if you're offering your gift at the altar 
and you remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, like leave the worship of God and go be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Mm-hmm. And that that idea of the reconciliation being such an important part in the eyes of God that he's saying you need to get your heart right by being reconciled together in this relationship and then come with that clean heart to come before me. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's huge. And and I'd love to see in something that's kind of regular practice if we really took this to heart, which is communion, like before communion when it says, you know, a man ought to examine, a man or woman ought to examine themselves before they eat of the, the bread and drink of the cup. And, you know, I remember doing this a couple of times in, when I was in Ohio of actually having a dedicated service and then actually laying out and saying, we're going to take a period of time and if you need to, like, work out some issues with someone in this room, I really want to encourage you to do that. And I would let people know, like, look, this isn't something that I'm speaking of in theory because I had experienced that in college where me and another guy had a broken relationship. And I remember going to communion and the Lord was like, mm, nope, not. And I and I did. I let it pass. And 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 I also remember later down when he and I, we talked things out, and it was a Sunday morning that I went into the church's kitchen, picked up the phone, called this guy that I was with in FCA, and we talked through things, and we both, like, asked for forgiveness, and we reconciled. And that day was the sweetest communion service. Mm. And I remember as I was taking the bread and I was taking the cup, just tears were streaming down my face because what you said about God really saying no I want you to be reconciled before you come to my table, which is about unity in Christ and unity in the body. Mm. So I just want to invite any listener who's had that story of reconciliation. Have you been profoundly moved, just the way David described, where you had an opportunity to reconcile with a loved one and God sort of showed up and and made it this most beautiful experience? I I would love to uh, hear a sentence or two if you have the desire to text the show, we would love to hear about it. And you can text it to 877-933-2484. I think these stories encourage and embolden people because we get stuck in our stuff. Yeah, we get stuck in a story and, and sometimes we don't realize that we have any agency in it. It can feel like it's always going to be this way and, you know, that's that's just the way dad is or that's just, you yes. know, the way it's always going to be. But we have the power to react differently in those situations and to try and be that bridge and move across in whatever way might be appropriate. Now, sometimes there's abusive situations and such like that, so you really need to move with caution, yes. right? So I'm, I'm not trying to speak uh, too generally really here, but there's almost always something that the people of God can do to be a minister of reconciliation because we understand what that's like on the receiving side, because Christ is that bridge for us. He is that mediator for us. And so we can then move forward with that same example. And clearly that I I think I'm, I'm coming to new realizations as to how important that is, that it's not just God saved us so we can be reconciled to him and kind of live in isolation, but uh, that health and that that new life should be evident in all of our relationships as well. I really like that, too, you brought up that important um, caveat as well, Rebecca. There are times when it is 
very unhealthy to re-engage into certain situations of abuse and and things like that. So wanting to use wisdom and have sound, godly um, counsel around you with that. Um, you know, I've mentioned before of, of hearing a statement and saying this some, um, in preaching and things like this, that like I'll never have to forgive an imperfect and fallen Tammy more than a perfect and holy God has forgiven me. And, and that's true. And in that, it's still the reality that forgiveness at times, it can be hard. Like if we're really, I'm like, if we really are honest about this, there's some things that happen and, you know, the wound is, is deep and it's, it's, it's no joke. And so, you know, um, we have to be honest about that too, about just not being so trite about, oh yeah, that happened. And it's all, no, sometimes it's layers there's layers that God is working through and bringing you to different points and just saying, will you turn that over to me, this part of it over to me now? And then sometimes you're not ready to go through everything. I mean, like God is a perfect father. Sometimes you got to work through a number of different layers, but the commitment to say, okay, yes, Lord, I'll give this to you. I don't want to maybe give this to you. I really want to hang on to this and I want to nurse. That's where we get that term nursing a wound. Sometimes we want to just roll up and pretend like it's a it's Chick-fil-A ice cream in a McDonald's cone, and we want to nurse that bad boy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels good. But the old saying is, you know, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yeah, you don't uh, forgive when you feel like forgiving. You take an action, and then you realize that that was the right thing to do. All right, we're going to take a little break. It is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell... MAM is happening right now. If you uh, have a story of reconciliation that you feel inspired to share, and you can do it in a couple sentences, three or four, take your time, but we want to hear the piece of it, the, the glorious piece where God said, uh, I'm going to bring you two together, and I'm going to make it right between you two, and you'll you'll part in love. We'd love to hear that. 877-933-2484. Those, were, those words and those stories are really encouraging to others. And I bet there's plenty of people out there that need an encouragement in that department. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Miles Arnold and Maxwell talking about the beauty and the uh, power of that moment of forgiveness that two people have, especially when they've been estranged or they've been at odds. Sometimes it's important to have um, the kind of conversation with that person that says, let's just be really clear as to what happened. Maybe there's a gigantic misunderstanding and that people have carried with them a grave misunderstanding for a long time. Yeah, we tend to carry around a backpack full of rocks. And, you know, even as we're talking right now, someone may be thinking to themselves like, well, you know, I, I that's not me, you know, I'm, I have no issues. And so sometimes what are some clues that you may need to choose to forgive? Uh, the thought is you feel resentment towards someone. And in fact, their name just came across your HDTV mind as you tuned into this segment. Or when their name comes up, you're instantly critical or you can't stop replaying and thinking about the hurt. You keep pushing rewind and rehearsing a, a hurtful incident in your past. And so 
Another thing that might be helpful if you're wondering if this is really me, go to a good friend or to your spouse or family member and just ask them, who do I need to forgive? And they, they, they may tell you. Now, what, what does it mean to forgive? Does it mean to forget? No, no. And, and we're not going to pretend that you're, you need to go through some sort of mental gymnastics and erase hurt from your, from your memory banks. It doesn't also mean minimizing the hurt or justifying another person's action. It does not mean pretending the hurt didn't happen. But what forgiveness is, is relinquishing my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's relinquishing you from my judgment and releasing a person to God's justice. It's letting go of my right to get evening, get even with someone. And so, um, and so the idea of learning to release my hurts to the Lord and not relive my hurts. Well said. So, David, apologizing, is that in a way seeking humility? And isn't humility a, a character that God holds in high, high regard? Yes. Anybody? It's like three three people in the show, and I'm the only one talking. Well, I thought maybe you, you know were... how much I don't like to talk. That's true on a, on your own talk show. Doesn't matter. It's <laughs> true. Well, I was thinking about that and what you just said, David. That it does take a lot of humility. It it can be putting your own your own interests, your own desires, and even your own rights to death in that way. It's to take up the cross when Jesus had every right to demand justice. He was completely innocent, and yet he continued to accept what he did not deserve. And he said, "Father, forgive them." For they know not what they do. And and it can be really hard if you're in that position and you think, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are they treating me this way? Mm-hmm. Or I've done everything I can to try and be nice and be loving to this person and they don't want to come any closer. In fact, they they attack me or they you know say things that are not true. And that can be a real struggle when you feel like, okay, this is just not, it's not true. What's happening right now is not right. And, and you can feel that pull in your soul to be like, where's the justice? Lord, how, how is this going to work out for good? And yet God says, do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. And in, that, in Galatians chapter 6, it reminds us that God will repay, that he knows. So, so it's an act of, in, in many ways, sometimes it can be hard to forgive someone if you feel like, well, they haven't learned their lesson. They're going to do it again or, um, or something like that. But rather than holding on to that, it's bringing that before the Lord and trusting him with what's been done to you and what's going on in their hearts and praying for that person, even if they're your enemy in that moment. I tell you, that's been really tough for, mm-hmm. for me and I know for a lot of people, but it has a transforming effect. Well, you know, it's like um, forgiving. I mean, like um, <laughs> someone said to forgive is divine or something or to make mistakes is human. Oh, it's a bumper stick. To, to, to error make, is human. The error is human. To forgive is out of the question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then you think of things where things happen to those that you like love. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, as as one who loved little children and even parents, when you think of what happens to a child, that grieves the heart. And I remember, you know, um, hearing the story of a Mamie, um, Mamie Till, who was Emmett Till's mother. And, and after finding her son who had been mutilated and all that stuff in the 50s, which was the start of the civil rights movement, and then she did an open casket, which was amazing. 
but that was one of the, the seed things of happening. But someone came and said, you know, after, you know, the Bryants had gotten off from the crime and all those different things, you know, like, well, do you hate this person? And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't have time to hate this person, and I'm going to leave that person to the Lord. And it ended up being a very rough life for the Bryants. And actually, it was about three years ago that Carolyn Bryant died. And the story of Emmett Till saying that he had whistled at her, well, on her deathbed, she actually, she asked for forgiveness because she said none of it was true, that that boy never said anything to me. And, uh, and you know, and, but, you know, Mamie Tills had just, had lived a different life and being able to release that. And that's not saying that it's easy. I mean, like, the more I study history and the more I look at things, there's just some really horrendously, like, hard things and, and find my heart like reading on stuff and seeing stuff and even talking to family and hearing some of the things that happen. And it's like constantly having to come to the Lord and say, wow, Lord, you know, it's incredible. And wouldn't being a peacemaker, and if you are going to be a peacemaker, you're going to be able to readily admit when you're wrong. Yeah. If you're, if you're a peacemaker, it's asking to, you know, asking for the Lord for the humility to, Mm -hmm. to do that. But we also need to differentiate because we are here in Minnesota. And sometimes what we call peacemaking is merely peace faking, you know, we're faking it. And so some people are like, well, you know, I'm not going to talk to Bill because, you know, Rebecca, I'm just, I'm wanting just to keep the peace about it. And it's like, no, it has nothing even to do with peace is having to do with Mm self-preservation. And I'm not wanting to be love you enough to be honest with you in the right way, not love you enough to be honest and like tear you to pieces, but say, I love you enough to be honest and our relationship means this much that we need to engage in this conversation because you're that valuable. You're more valuable than my discomfort about how I'm feeling about having this conversation because that's still centered on me, but you are valuable and we are valuable to one another that we will engage this. So we have to kind of bring that clarification because peacemaking is important, but we also need to see sometimes when we're kind of just kind of having nice Christianese stuff to avoid having a conversation that we need to in love. And those are high stakes conversations. Yeah. Um, I like Susan, Susan Johnson wrote this in the book, Fierce Conversations. And she said, it's not the real conversations that should scare us. It's the unreal conversations that should scare the the blank out of us. Because she's like, at least when it's real, you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But it's these unreal conversations that you you have no idea what you're dealing with. And those should actually be the more frightening conversations. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Rebecca, you look like you were poised to say something. I'm just trying to be... <laughs> Def- trying to defer. Maybe I just look like that yeah, all you the did. time. Yeah, I'll you... turn it over to wisdom. That's, that's just yes, my... I'll defer to you. <laughs> well, I was thinking again about about Scripture and about how Christ instructs us to imitate him in humility. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I love Christ pointing to himself as the example of humility, because then he's exalted before all. And God says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and in due time, 
he will lift you up. And I, I keep thinking uh, just from my own experiences, because this is all very convicting for me. Like, is is there are there people that I need to forgive? Do I need to make some things right? Can I strengthen the relationships where it hasn't been you know, kind of iffy or it's gone by the wayside? It's not as healthy as it could be. And I'm thinking in those moments where I can think about things that have been done that that I can count as a wrong towards me. Isn't that my pride and my wanting to be, you know, upheld or safe or or all of those things? And isn't that a place where I can learn from Christ's example to say, humble yourself and make it right. And in due time, I will lift you up in the same way that Christ was exalted above all, uh, that when we do that, when we follow Christ's example, he is gentle and humble in heart. And it comes along with that peace. Like you were talking about, Bill, you will find rest for your soul. So the connection between humility and peace, when you are humble and when you follow that path, you find peace. I just love that. That's all. And that concludes the sermonette. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we don't have to pass the plate. We, I was about to say, let's pass the plate. We yeah. don't have to. Do you want to sing? I mean, like last time, that one time we sang oh, together and then like sing. Rebecca broke in with like some serious. Did you like, get her to sing? <laughs> Look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up another Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Thank you so much for uh, David for your participation, and Rebecca, thank you as well. You're welcome, yes. Bill. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. God All bless right. everyone. That, that wraps up hour one, and coming up in hour two, Doctor Andy Scudding is going to join me, and he is a uh, psychology professor, and we're going to uh, we're going to figure out. You know, all all problems in life. That's all ahead in the next hour. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.